What a tremendous song. I appreciate the words of the song. I appreciate the work, the melody, the harmony. What a blessing. I appreciate that. Open your Bibles again, if you will. And I want you to turn your Bibles to the 24th chapter of Joshua. And in just a few minutes, we're going to read there. I, um, I believe the truth is important tonight. And uh, all Bible truth is, but, but I um, sometimes an introduction is a little longer than I, than, I wish it, than I wish it was because sometimes it takes a little while to get to the truth and the point of the message and I, I don't want to lose you. I don't want you to leave me before we get there and uh, I've asked the Lord to please help me as I preach the message tonight. I'm going to preach tonight to start from the beginning, start from the beginning. And I believe a truth that will be a help to all of us this evening. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us as I preach and as we hear uh, the word of God tonight. Heavenly Father, I long for uh, the truths of your word to be in our hearts and minds to the place that they direct our thinking, they direct our behavior, they influence our lives so much that the truth becomes who we are and what we live. And I pray that tonight our attention would be given on purpose. Lord, just 35 minutes we'll hear the message, but that time could affect us for many years to come. And I believe tonight uh, that we need to hear. And Lord, I ask you, uh, I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would arrest the attention of God's people to the truth tonight. I yield myself to you the best way I know how. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Joshua chapter 1 is a transition passage. Moses has died and Joshua is becoming uh, the new leader. He's being commissioned in chapter 1. He will follow, uh, who I believe is the greatest leader of the Old Testament and perhaps one of the greatest leaders of all times, and that is a man by the name of Moses. He takes uh, the Jews that were not an organized nation. Uh, they were actually slaves for Pharaoh, and they begin to make their journey. They don't have all that they need as far as provisions are concerned, but they do have a God that promises to provide for them. Sometimes life is a little easier when we can look at what we have rather than living by faith. But Moses had to guide the people by faith through the wilderness to the promised land. Now you know that Moses did not go into Canaan, but he made it to Canaan. And they looked, boys, listen to me now, listen to me. And uh, uh, he looked over into Canaan, so he led them on this journey. Joshua is a new leader of the people, and Joshua does a marvelous work of leading the people of God into the land of Canaan to receive their inheritance. It is very interesting to note the ending of Joshua's life and leadership as recorded in chapter 24. When I find a truth in the Bible, it is very interesting when I find that truth to be a pattern throughout the Word of God. 
And this is one of those situations where you find a pattern of a, of a truth that's either a success or a failure. I want you to see how Joshua summarizes his life. So quickly in the introduction we've gone from the death of Moses to the commission of Joshua. Now all the way fast forward to the death of Joshua. Notice if you will beginning in verse number 1. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Now I want you to notice Joshua is going to give an overview of his life and ministry and this is where he starts. Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in the old time. Even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham, the eyes referring to God, referring to God, this is God speaking, and I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac and gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau. And I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Now we go to the next phase. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them, and afterward I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came unto the sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers uh, with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. Joshua continues the journey. Here's what I want you to notice. Joshua, uh, Joshua rehearses not where he took over, but he rehearses from the beginning of God's blessings. In fact, Joshua does not take credit for anything, nor does he give Moses or anybody else credit for anything. He said, it was God that delivered you from Egypt. It was God that brought you across the wilderness. It was God that brought you across the Red Sea. It was God that brought you across the Jordan River. It was God that gave to you the land of Canaan. It was God that has blessed you. And nowhere does Joshua bring attention to himself other than to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think it's important to note that Joshua did not start where Moses ended. I think it's important to note that Joshua did not start where Moses ended, but he started at the beginning of God's work. Now here's what I find. From this place all the way through the Bible, you'll find those men rehearsing those major acts and works of God from the deliverance of Egypt all the way through. When you come to any story in the Bible where you find a man recognizing what he did, you'll soon find a failure in his life and leadership. Here's what I want to preach tonight. Sometimes we look at a ministry or we look at a person or we look at a family 
and as we start our journey of life or serving God or as a married couple or whatever the beginning, whatever the case may be, we oftentimes, if you listen to me, I'll help you tonight. Uh, we oftentimes want to start where our parents ended rather than starting where our parents started. And if we start where they ended rather than starting where they started, our life will end in frustration and failure rather than in joy and success. He said it was God that did the delivering and miraculous work and provided for us. Joshua did not start where Moses ended. He started where Moses started. Joshua 24, 31, here's the result of his leadership. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the, of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of who? The Lord that he had done for Israel. I believe there's a very important truth here. As I look at the various successes and failures in the Bible, I find that often their success and failure was due to a mindset of how they started and how they ran their race. There were those who wanted to start where their predecessor ended and those willing to start where their predecessor, those wanting to start where their predecessor ended, they ended in failure. Get this statement. Joshua did not build on the success of Moses. He built on the mighty power of God. Just like Moses did. Take your Bibles and go to the book of Ezra. In the book of Ezra, the story we find here is a story when the temple had been destroyed because of the sins of the people. They had been in a 70-year captivity. They returned from, from Babylon back to Jerusalem and their purpose was to rebuild the temple. The first temple or the temple that Solomon built was a most beautiful edifice. It had gold and silver, the work of it from beginning to the end and every detail was an amazing work. In fact, the world came to see it. After the 70-year captivity, they returned to rebuild the temple and they laid the foundation of the temple and they were very excited. Go to chapter 3 and let's come to verse number 10. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparels with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good for his mercy endureth toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. They should have shouted and they praised as they should have praised the Lord. 
But I want you to notice verse number 12. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house. They remembered the ending of Solomon's life. They had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice. Many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the Lord and the noise was heard afar off. You have a group of people that are weeping while a group of people are shouting. You know why they're weeping? Because they're comparing the beginning of this work to the ending of the last man's work. They're not looking at the will of God from start to finish. They don't want to start in the beginning. They want to start at the end. And the result is they compare one man's work to another man's work. And it wasn't God's work to the old men who wept. They did not see this as God's work. The work then, as a result of this, you'll see it stopped for many years. They went through much turmoil and difficulty and it's not until Haggai and Zechariah come in and remind them this is not your work, this is God's work. How do you sit in your houses that are sealed and the house of God lie waste? And the problem was they did not see their work as the work of God. They saw it, the old men saw the work of the young men as their work compared to a previous work. May I say tonight the joy of the Lord is to be a part of God's working in our life and everyone begins at the same place and it is a total dependence on God and watching God work in your life and in that case every person who serves the Lord in that manner will serve him with joy and gladness you try to build a church to beat another church you're going to fail you try to do a work to beat another work, you're going to fail. But if you realize God has given me this work, I don't care where it is, in a big town or a small town, I don't care where it is, but if you realize it is the work of God, you'll do it with joy and gladness. Let me give you another illustration. 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah's coming to the end of his ministry and he's discouraged and he said, there's nobody like me. There's nobody jealous for the Lord like I am. There's nobody that cares about God like I care about God. God responded to him and said, Elijah, there are 7,000 that have not bowed their knees to Baal. And I want you to go anoint three of those, two kings and one young man. He's a farmer, and he told him where he would find him plowing the 12 yoke of oxen. I talked about this story in a message on Friday. A 12 yoke of oxen, that's 24 oxen. That's the biggest John Deere tractor in all the Bible. Now you talk about the envy of the farming community, 24 oxen pulling the plow. I would like to have seen that plow that 24 oxen are pulling and Elisha is plowing that in the field and God told Elijah, I don't need somebody to start where you ended. I need somebody to start where you started. 
I don't need somebody to start where you're ending. I need somebody to start where you started, and that's total dependence on me. That's why I've chosen a farmer. That's why I've chosen Elisha. That's why I've chosen him, because he's going to begin where you began in the work. And I want to say tonight, dear friend, this work is not yours. This work is not mine. This is the work of God. And when we realize that God is doing the work, and we have the great privilege and joy to serve our Lord and to serve in his will, then there's a joy and a gladness in our heart to realize that we're serving the King of kings and Lord of lords. We cannot compare our beginnings with another destination. We need what they had, a willingness to work, a willingness to sacrifice. We need a generation of young men who will not start at the end of another man's ministry. You see where obedience has brought him. And thank God for those blessings, but you don't start there. You start where he started in total dependence on God. I knew some men of God in the final years of their life in ministry. They were men with the power of God on their lives and they were men of success and they'd accomplished a great work for God. I watched as some of them served as pastors of strong and great churches. I was at the Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee at the end of Dr. Robertson's ministry. I saw the People's Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas in the last few years of Lester Roloff's life. I preached at the First Baptist Church in Hammond the year before and the months after Dr. Howells went to heaven. I was in the church of Bible Baptist Church of Hazard and it was an amazing church. I mean, you, you would not believe it except to see what God did on that mountainside. And there was a part of me at that age when I saw them. I wanted to start where they were. I wanted to start with their blessings. I wanted to start with what God had blessed them with. But God said, that's not where you start. You don't start where they ended. You start where they started. You start on your knees. You start in surrender. You start in commitment. For you see, those men are blessed because of their obedience. And tonight there are churches that are ruined and Christians that are ruined because they look at blessings and they want the blessings rather than the thing that brought those blessings to their life. I say thank God for the blessings that they had, but we'll have to start where they started, not where they ended. Am I making any sense to you tonight? I learned this may be the most exciting statement to me in all in all in all of the message. I learned that I had exactly what they had to start with. God. How sad it is to see the blessings of God is greater than God. Come on now. It's sad. You look at a church, you look at a man, you say, wow, that's wonderful. Hey, friend, you haven't seen the best thing yet. The best thing yet is the God that, that gave all of that. Certainly they worked. Certainly they sacrificed. Certainly they prayed. Certainly they went soul winning. And that was the result of that. But it's the God behind it, may I say, I have the same thing Moses started with. I started with the same thing Joshua started with. I started with the same thing Lee Robertson started with. You say, well, I don't have anything. Ah, oh, dear friend, you have more than most of the world has. You have a God in heaven that is your heavenly Father. You have a God that is holy 
Holy Spirit is dwelling inside your soul. You have enough to do a great work for God if your faith and dependence will be on him. I learned that I had the same promises that they had. I had the same power of God available that they had. I had the same provisions from God that they had. I have the same, uh, same providential care in my life as they had. And so I learned I needed to pray. I learned about fasting. I learned about hungering for the presence and power of God. I learned that I wouldn't have a hunger for the things of God if I was filled and satisfied with the things of the world or things that were carnal. I learned that there were some things that are not bad, but they'll take away my appetite for that which is good. I said I learned that there were some things that weren't bad. They're not bad, but if I take those, it'll take my appetite for that which is good. And I wanted what was good. So I didn't trade what was good for something that wasn't bad. I wanted God's power in my life. There were some games I didn't get to play. There were some places I didn't get to go because I was hungry for the power of God in my life. I didn't want to start where they ended. I wanted to start where they started. I began to see God do just what God had done for those men that I had grown to admire and love and respect. And I'm glad tonight I didn't start where they ended. I'm glad tonight I started where they started. There are those who want to start. They look at others and you're not attracted to the God they serve. You're attracted to the blessings their God's given them. You're going to be disappointed in ministry. There's something, there's something better than the blessings. That's the God of the blessings. Are you listening to me tonight? Highland Park Baptist Church went to an attendance of 10,000. It went from there to being sold and no longer in existence. You say, could it have gone on? It could have gone on in the will of God if somebody would have started where Lee Robertson started. Hardly a week goes by I'm not contacted by folks looking for a pastor almost every week, sometimes days in a row. And often they'll tell me what they're looking for in a pastor. And by the way, they don't exist. Looking for a middle-aged man, not too young, not too old. Somebody that will stay 38 years old for the next 40 years. Somebody with experience but willing Somebody with experience but willing to work with them. Somebody with a, an ability to preach and teach the Bible and having an understanding of Scripture, having a wife and family that work with them in ministry. And I understand all of that. What they need is a man that will walk with God. What they need is a man that's hungry for God. I'd rather have a man of God that spends time not only in the word of God but in the prayer closet than a man that could exegete the scripture and give you definition for every hard word in the Bible. I'd rather have a man with the power of God on his life than degrees on the wall. And you don't have to trade one for the other. I'm just saying, dear friend, we need to understand that if we'll begin where they began, if we'll begin with that hunger for God, that desire for God, God can give the same blessings again that he has given before. Many young couples, many young people are disappointed in life. 
They see the blessings of parents and grandparents. They often see the house and the furniture, the job. Then they see the joy and the happiness. And they, they want to start where their parents or grandparents ended. Can I tell you something? You need to see something beyond the blessing. You need to see the God behind the blessing. You ought to hunger for your grandparents' God. That's what you ought to hunger for. You ought to hunger for your parents' uh, uh, heavenly father. You ought to learn to pray like they prayed, and you'll get the blessings that they got. We need to start at the beginning, uh, not where they ended. Take your Bibles, go to 1 Kings 3. 1 Kings 3. Here's where Solomon began. This is where Solomon, that the world came to hear his wisdom. This is where he began. Now what we would like to do is begin where Solomon ended, have all of his wisdom, have all of his wealth, have all of those things. We'd like to begin where Solomon ended. Let me show you where Solomon started. 1 Kings chapter 3, go to verse number 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon. Are you with me? 1 Kings 3, 5. In a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. What if God came to you in the night and said, I'll give you whatever you want. What do you want? What would be on your list of things that you want? God didn't say here. Ask what I'll give you. He, he, he gave no stipulations. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he has walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant King, instead of David my father and I am but a little child I know not how to go out or come in he, did, he didn't say God let me tell you what I learned from my daddy and what I'm going to keep doing he didn't, start, he didn't start where David ended he started where David began verse 8 and thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing and God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words, Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. He went on to say, 
I've also given you what you didn't ask for that the average man would have asked for. But you said, Lord, I'm a child. I don't know how to go out and come in. I've been given a responsibility. God, I need wisdom. I need discernment to know what is right and what is wrong. God said, I'm pleased with that. Can I tell you tonight, what I need a hunger for is not what I see as far as blessings in the lives of people, but the blesser that's in their life. Thank God that we all have what we need to do work for God. You say, preacher, I don't have anything. If you have God, you have everything you need. Listen to me, Paul said, but my God shall supply your need, not needs. He shall supply your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know what Jesus did when he began his earthly ministry? After his baptism, 40 days and nights in prayer and fasting, Jesus, God in the flesh, began 40 days prayer and fasting. You know where the disciples began? Not where Jesus ended. But 120 went to an upper room. And they said Jesus has promised the coming of the Holy Spirit. We're going to tarry here in prayer until the Spirit of God comes. And because they began where Jesus began, depending and waiting on the Father, they were used to turn the world upside down with the gospel and for Christ. If you're looking at the blessing, you're looking at the wrong thing. Now, it may be the blessing that would get our attention, but tonight I want to ask you to look beyond the blessing of your father, your grandparents, the church. I want you to see the God that gave it. We all have the same tools necessary to do a work for God. We can all pray. We all have the same Bible. We can all have faith in God. We can all put our hope in God. And I, I like the word hope. In Psalm 78, I preached on this a bit on Saturday night. Uh, Brother Dallas preached from Psalm 78 on Wednesday night. And, uh, and, and he said that they might set their hope in God. Why didn't he say set their faith in God? Faith is different than hope. Hope is when you don't see an answer, but you still trust in God because God can give an answer when there's not an answer. Can I tell you, we have the same thing. Any man has had before us. I teach and preach in conferences around the nation. And I believe in understanding the practical, understanding the order that God has given in all things, God is a God of decency and order. But listen to me. If you learn all of the facts, all of the figures, all of the procedures, but you miss the relationship with God, all of those things will do you no good. God bless Solomon because God, Solomon said, I'm but a child. I don't have the sense to go out. Come in. I need your help. God gave him more wisdom than any man had. I don't, I don't envy or desire the blessings of another. 
but I sure am hungry to know the God that can give the blessing. Stand with me, if you will. As young men go to plant churches or to become the pastor of churches, as you go to serve as an assistant pastor or whatever the case may be, as you go to work on the mission field, you'll have the same thing that William Carey had. You'll have the same thing that Adoniram Judson had. You'll have the God, the creator, the sustainer, the provider. You'll have that God. Don't look for the blessing. Look for the God of the blessing.